0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with AIR on News Talk. We'll get to them later. Minister for Justice Helen McIntyre joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. You're increasing the age limit for joining on Garda Shukona. Well, look, I have said consistently
1: that when it comes to recruitment and retention, absolutely nothing should be off the table. Um, and this week we agreed a budget which saw an unprecedented number of €2.3 billion euro allocated to An Garda Khan This is all with the objective of creating stronger, safer communities. It means we'll have more money to recruit more Gardaí, that we have more money for Gardaí going through the College itself, that we have more money for overtime, more money to invest in the Gardaí themselves, their health and well-being, and part of this package as well. Now, myself, working with the Garda Commissioner, we have agreed to increase the age at which members can actually join. At the moment, it's 35. It's a hard cutoff, not a day past it. Um, it had been raised from 26 to 35 in recent years. Uh, and I firmly believe and the commissioner and his team firmly believe that we need to allow more people to be able to choose a career in on guard the
0: Siakana. And I think that this is the right time and it's the right thing to do. And I presume this is about re- recruiting more guards and that is something that most people will welcome. But a lot of training goes into to becoming a guard. Is a 49 year old or a 50 year old, will they be fit enough for, for the, I suppose, the challenges of the job? Absolutely, and look, if you don't get through the process,
1: you don't get through the process, but uh, it takes about... Um, 33 weeks for for a member when they're actually in the college and then they're out and they go through a probationary period so the reason that the age of 50 was chosen it's really important that when a person goes through training they receive a BA in policing at the end of it you need to allow the time for them to actually then commit to the job and and to be be involved in the work that they're doing and it's like any new job it does take time to bed down and and to to be part of the team so if you were say for example 57 you joined you went through this lengthy process uh, and the current retirement age is 60 it really doesn't give anybody enough time to commit there there will be fitness tests um, as there are now
0: so if you're a member and you're So if you get through those it doesn't matter about your age up to the age of 50 and that's for now Absolutely You you mentioned the retirement age of 60 is that going to move because that's still a relatively short window between 50 and 60 you you spend all that time and money training a guard and then they have a 10 year window in which they can work Well look you know, I think we all agree people
1: are living longer they're mm-hmm. living healthier lives for longer um, and that's why I'm engaging with the Minister of Public Expenditure and Reform so Pascal Donoghue uh, to increase the overall age so those discussions are ongoing they're, they're still being worked on at the moment um, but I do think that we should uh, increase the retirement age I think it should be increased for all Garthie whether you're uh, you know you know whatever rank you're at whether it's senior or otherwise I think it's important that we do increase that so uh, as I said at the outset absolutely nothing is off the table when it comes to recruitment and retention but making sure that the Guardi who have been there who uh, have acquired skills developed uh, specialities that we keep them for as long okay. as we possibly can
0: Sticking with the Guards uh, an interim roster is to begin within weeks uh, after agreement has been reached uh, How is this going to work? look what what has been settled upon and and just to
1: say it's really welcome that um all members um of the various different associations uh, as well as the Garden commissioner and his team are now in a process and have agreed to a process to come up with a new roster and that's what everybody wants here, not the current one, not the previous one, but a new roster that works for our citizens, that works for members themselves. Uh, what will happen on the 6th of November is that some members will stay on the current COVID roster and some members will move back to the previous roster, what's known as the Westminster town roster uh, and that will be worked through. It will be uh, I suppose something different. It hasn't happened before where you have two rosters but uh, you will see the likes of our roads traffic police, our community policing units, our divisional protective units which deal with sexual assault um, and these types of crimes, they will stay on the previous roster while our core units um, will stay on the COVID roster. Um,
0: as is I it said, not this the is, core units though temporary. that we need to move so that we have more boots on the street, that we have more presence of Gardaí on a Friday night? Is it? Not, well, is, have we not got this the wrong way around?
1: Well look, uh, what you'll see is a crossover of teams now where you want uh, in community policing, where you have in roads traffic policing and we know uh, we, we've we've seen a a downward trajectory and, and uh, not a positive trajectory in terms of our uh, our overall deaths on our roads this year and it's so important that enforcement is part of the response to that um, you'll also see crossovers in teams in detective units as well uh, where it's really important that we have that but again this is temporary, this is not the permanent roster that's going to be in place uh, and most importantly people are now in a process and this came about because people sat down, okay. engaged uh, and I Are it. That's you that's hopeful the that we're not forward. going to see
0: more, more threatened droof flu's as as they've been called I I am absolutely confident that we will find a solution. Here I am.
1: And I think everybody wants the same outcome. That is that we have a new roster, as I've said. Rosters are so important for Gardaí, so it needs to work for them and their families. But it needs to work for the people that they are serving. Uh, We need to have that high visibility, that presence on the ground. But we need to make sure that those specialist units as well are able to work uh, at the times that they need to work to engage with the
0: people that they need to engage. And most importantly, that they can respond to victims uh, when they seek their help. Okay. A couple of other issues, just just to touch on um, fentanyl the guardies are saying that they are, are extremely worried about fentanyl coming into this country it's obviously caused an opioid epidemic in, in the US have we had fentanyl issues here as yet and, and what's been done to, to target them? So it's it's not to that extent something that has been brought to my
1: attention um, as you've said this is a crisis in the US and we know from recent Uh, trends when you look at different types of drugs be it heroin crack cocaine where they have started um, in particular in the US they have made their way to our shores uh, and beyond and we know uh, that it is a crisis in the US um, and these things then do travel to us but we have to be prepared we have to be able to respond um, and that is exactly what the Gardaí uh, will do if if and when it happens but we also need to make sure that we have a health response as well here as well. Um, Government has a minister with sole responsibility for drugs, community, making sure that we have a health-led response to this type of scenario. Um, And obviously we have the Citizens' Assembly, which is concluding its work at the moment as to how we deal with this more generally as a problem and when they make the recommendations, that's something we as a government will have to consider.
0: Minister, obviously the world is watching the Middle East uh, since last weekend and the the events that have unfolded since the Hamas attack and what's happening now in Gaza including we've seen the loss of an Irish-Israeli citizen's life as well, Kim Dante. Um Your reaction to, to what we're seeing in terms of, of the conflict? I think I probably share most people's views when I say that it's,
1: it's absolutely heartbreaking to see what has happened. Um, I utterly, utterly condemn the actions of Hamas. They are a terrorist organisation. They have brutally murdered people. Uh, innocent people who are going about their lives at concerts Uh, you mentioned kim dante i want to offer my deepest condolences to her family but to many people in this country who have lost loved ones over the last number of days um this was a brutal attack and should not have happened and israel has a right to defend itself absolutely but what is really important here is that in this response that they uphold international law and humanitarian law what we cannot see um is collective punishment and a response that is uh, as harsh that uh, sees thousands more civilians and innocent people murdered. So I I am really worried. I think a lot of people are very worried of what we are experiencing here in the entire region because this has the ability to destabilise the entire region which has been extremely fragile for many, many years. And the people who will suffer here are innocent civilians. So I I utterly condemn the actions of what is a terrorist organisation but I would say we need to make sure that the response Okay. um, is is very much a humanitarian response to to support civilians and innocent people that are being targeted now.
0: Minister, one final question for you, and it's, I suppose, largely connected to the hate speech bill. Um, Colette Colfer, uh, uh, Southeastern Technical University lecturer, was on our show on Monday, and she has said that her employer has said that unless she uses preferred pronouns of people in her classes or colleagues, it is unlawful discrimination to refuse to do so. Now she says she doesn't mind using preferred pronouns. She wants to know where she stands legally. You have said before people won't be prosecuted under hate speech for, for misgendering somebody. Minister Roderick O'Gorman refused to say whether or not it is unlawful. People don't know the answer to the question and they want to know this answer. And I'm not trying to ambush you with it, but is it unlawful or not? I'm not I don't I don't I, don't, I know it's courteous, I know it's polite, I know all of those things. Is it against the law to not use the correct pronouns?
1: Or to it's refuse
0: not, to do so? It's not. And as you'll be aware, and many people will be aware, I am bringing through legislation
1: to introduce hate crime legislation for the first time and hate crime laws and to update incitement to hatred legislation that we already have, have, but that is quite ineffective, essentially. What I've been clear about is that Miss gendering somebody will not be a crime what we're talking about is inciting hatred or okay. violence about another so, group of people and
0: that is a very different threshold and we, we can it leave it there not because be I, th- that we but agree, you are saying it is that the, the university the employers are incorrect it is not unlawful discrimination to refuse to use preferred pronouns so what a di- what a university decides to do is separate
1: to what the law may or may not be and but, at, the but it's not is, at, at the moment it is not unlawful okay. at the moment it is not unlawful no and and I'm clear about that if we introduce this law it won't be it's where we're, where people are
0: inciting hatred and violence against another group of people and that is a much higher threshold here minister for justice helen McEntee, thank you very much for speaking to news talk